0: back to Made in the 80s, podcast about the 80s by people made in the 80s. This is Kendon. And we Tim. Have, we have yeah. Tim with us. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. Oh, it's all good. We're going to muddle our way through this. <laughs> we do not have a Shalia today. So as they say, when the cat's away, the nerds will play. I think that's, that's how
1: it goes. That's, that's, that's the term.
0: Um, so today we are re- we are reviewing Pet Cemetery spelled with an S for some reason.
1: Yes, spelled with an S.
0: So, of course, like usual, the review section will be in the show notes. will be stamped in the show notes. Um, I don't know. Let's catch up a little bit. How are you doing? Eh, you know, I've been better. Things are,
1: things are you know, a bit rough. Uh, you know, I have mentioned before, my dad passed a couple of weeks, months ago. My mom passed recently from, uh, like, a freak. Like, she had heart surgery. It's a long story. She had a heart Um could have open heart surgery, but in the recovery, like her kidneys failed, just both of them, and they really don't know what happened. Oh um, man, yeah. Uh, no, but I, I will say, the one thing I will stress to people is: man, talk to your parents about what they want done in the event that they're not here. Like, I'm so grateful that me and my sister have had these conversations with our parents, so we knew what to do. We knew what they what their wishes were. We knew all of that. And that saved like a lot of stress because you end up with like cousins and aunties coming out of nowhere with all kind of like, here's what we should do. I mean, I'm being like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what she wanted done. This is what she wanted done. And we're going to we're going to honor that. I don't care if you like it. I don't necessarily
0: like it. It's just what my mom wanted to do. So we're going to do it. Yeah, it's the last it's the last of her wishes,
1: the last of her wishes. So we're, you know. She wants her ashes put in a tree in the Bay Area. My dad wants his ashes in the Bay. So at some point when things open up, um, we're going to take a trip down to San Francisco,
0: Oakland, and, you know, fulfill their wishes. This is something you'll do along with your sister?
1: Yeah, we're going to, my nephew will probably be with her. So, yeah. And we have family in, in California. If they want to come meet up, they're more than welcome to come hang out. But we're not, we're not doing any of that. So, um, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Losing people is always terrible. Um, but, you know, love people, tell them you love them. I mean, my last conversation with my mom was pretty hilarious. Um, but, you know, you learn that, you know, you don't really know. I wasn't even concerned about her procedure. Like, I had no, my friend Stephanie, her dad had a procedure like literally like a year ago. Uh, homie Dion, his mom had it. And so I wasn't even like stressed about the procedure at all. I was like, she in recovery. I'm just waiting to talk to her and be like, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's where your health needs to be. If you want to do all this traveling, you know? So yeah, rest in peace to my mom. Loved her, but you know.
0: Well, rest in peace. You know, we love you. And, uh, I'm sure all of our friends are sending love your way too.
1: Yeah, a lot of people have reached out who've lost their parents, man. Like, like Jalen
0: like Rose
1: reached out to me. But I, I, I listened to Jalen Rose's podcast and he was talking about his mom being sick. And the last thing he said is she was in hospice. And I was like, oh no. And then she passed away earlier this month. Like a lot of people go through it. It's it such to be a part of that club. So many people go through that where they're, they're looking at their parents and you don't know life without them. So it's, very, it's a very strange place to be. Anyway, on to more ridiculous news, uh, Gina Carano. Oh, boy. No longer in The Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, um, she's been off the reservation for a bit now. For a minute, and that's the thing.
1: So i I, you know, I, I you know, listen to podcasts and people talk about it. And it's this a firewall offense. I said, look, The Hollywood Reporter, is a great article. You can look it up in The Hollywood Reporter, but they do a really good job detailing, like, Here's the thing that she did, and she was warned by Disney, like, chill out. And the mouse, as they call it, right? So it's Disney, ESPN, ABC, right? So the mouse is very notorious for like not having people do this kind of stuff. They're very much like quiet down. Well, what was her name um, who plays um, Letitia Wright? She got some hot water behind some dude who was transphobic and had anti-vaxxer stuff she was promoting. She deleted her Twitter and we had not heard from her. What was it? Disney was like, chill out. She that's the smart move. Uh, what's her name that's in, that's in Mulan? Was like doing some pro-Hong Kong yep. police. Yep. They were like, chill out. And we haven't heard a peep. She, she stopped all of that. And so they, they had warned Gina Carano, like, chill out. But she just didn't chill out.
0: Well, here's the thing. I mean, when you talk about fireable offenses, I think when you work for a company, like, well, it's not even that she's an, I don't know if she's an employee or not, but a contractor or whatever. Um, Disney is in like one business and that is its brand. 100%. Right? So people want to say you can have whatever views that you want. And unfortunately, this kind of ties even back to the Colin Kaepernick thing in a way. Yeah. So I hope I'm not sounding inconsistent, but your job is to maintain their brand yeah it sounds like she had multiple times that she was warned about this that yeah. company you're just i i imagine you're just numbers to them how many numbers do you bring in and i got to be honest like she can't be a significant percentage of the success of the mandalorian right um I liked her character. I was actually—I mean, I had seen when she started saying, you know, wild stuff. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, you should knock that off. Like her, they had—they had created a character that I was, you know, genuinely enjoying. But yeah, you know, I—I I don't know how to stand behind it. You—you you know what you signed up for, right? Disney right. is just this monolith right. that is not going to care about your positions. You can go and be. You can go and and. I don't know. I was gonna say you can go and work for Fox, but yeah. <laughs> that's no longer the case. she's um, she,
1: she doing something with Ben Shapiro.
0: Well, that makes sense. I'm, I'm but sure it's like, it'll be every bit as uh you successful <laughs> as working with Disney. It's like, what do you
1: like? But I think part of it is
0: like <clears throat> she obviously was aware
1: of, of them talking to her sort of about c- calming it down. they telling they're not telling you you can't believe it. They're not firing you for being a quote-unquote conservative. They're firing you for doing stuff that they respectfully ask you not to
0: do. And you did it anyway. Yeah, it wasn't a first-time offense sort of, like, situation. You know, I'm like, I'm like, NBA's on right now, right? Like,
1: if Boogie Cousins... I can go on Twitter and criticize the referees in this game. Call them all kind of names, say the refs, dog this game. If Boogie Cousins... Politely and very articulately says the refs messed up, they will fine him a large sum of money. Really? Yeah, you get fined for criticizing the refs. They will fine him. Huh. So, but he's, but every player is aware of that. If I make these statements post game, they will fine me. I'm sure there's a lot of conversation on the text, uh, you know, on the team bus back to the hotel. I'm sure it's going off, but you can't do it in the post game.
0: Like Gina Carano could have, should have kept it in the group chat. She still have a job, keep it in the group chat. Are you allowed to put that into contracts? I wonder, like, was <laughs> she not warned? Like, I, I don't know, but I, no, but to be fair, a lot of studios
1: started doing that, like having those things in the contracts um, to get out of it. Like if I pay you a large sum of money and you start wilding on some internet, I don't want to be on this and be on the hook for that. I'm going to be able to cut bait and be like, we can get out of this. So, yeah, just like sports teams started putting stuff in contracts for people, personal conduct. So if I sign into a deal, I can get some insurance money back if you violate this quote, personal
0: conduct thing. We can, oh, they they've turned it into an insurance. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? You can insure a lot more things than I was I was aware you can insure. Why not? Yeah. Well, does this mean RIP Kara uh, Dune? Yeah, she's going to die off screen or something. Which is going to be hilarious when it finally happens. <laughs> but I think, maybe they don't mention her. Maybe she's just never in the next story. I'm going to obliquely reference one of my very favorite shows. Mm-hmm. in which they had to recently do this to a character who should have survived past this, but um, was involved in some harassment of people, um, oh, that's, some that's sexual not, harassment repeatedly. Um, so oh. that character had to be written out of the continuing of the series. I remember that. I, don't, I think I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's too recent. It, it could be considered a spoiler. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I was disappointed because I thought the actor was doing a great job, but what you do behind the scenes is, like, it, it reflects on, it. Ref- well, le- clearly it reflects on you, but yeah, on, on whether or not you should continue to go forward with certain opportunities, it's, it's like these things, um, your parents probably told you at some point, is like, X or Y is a privilege, it's not, yeah. it's not a right you know and there are people who would have loved to have the opportunities that you had yeah. and while you're doing it you're also you know treating people in unacceptable ways so um
1: i will say something that, that i think people understatement they talk about an actor or an actress and the singular thing they're doing in a studio but one of the things that was mentioned in one of the articles i read about you know corona was like you put your fellow co-stars and the directors and creators in a bad spot for having to answer for the stuff that you're doing when they'd rather not have to do that. I wanna talk about next season. What I don't wanna talk about is you talking in, in like, they don't wanna deal with that. They wanna talk about being an artist. They don't wanna talk about any of the stuff, and you put them in a really, really, really bad place.
0: You know what's funny too is as a person who has at times had foot and mouth disease, one way to to even think about this is the fact that when other people are being put on the spot to say something about what you have done, done. You, like what if they agree a little bit or what if they have um, opinions that, that could be said in a nuanced way, yeah. but they <laughs> prefer not to say anything because if they say something, they may say something that is going to get them in trouble yeah. or is going to make the situation worse. Right. Um, And so they just have the discipline not to say anything. (laughs) If you don't have anything nice, you know, don't say anything. Yeah. But anyways. Anyway, um, moving on. Um, I'm back on the Transformers movies. I'm back in. You're back in. Why? Tessa Thompson. Oh God! Only two words that'll get you. Will get you back into whatever. Tessa Thompson, like (laughs) actress,
1: reportedly wanted for the next Transformers movie. So, I'm in. Let's do it. Hook, hook, line, and sinker. I'm yeah, in. Mean, let's watch it. Let's watch, you know, she better not fall in love with some robot. But they said like actress, so I don't know if they're just letting her know, hey, we want to pay you uh, a handsome ransom to come here and act with these robots. But I know she's lying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the I love Thor. the way you say this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm only interested if she is a robot. I mean... That Come has back. been, the weak, to me, the weak part of all of these movies, except for maybe the first one. The first one's actually solid. Is the amount of uh, focus that they put on the human characters. And I'm going to yeah. scroll, I'm going to roll back and say, I actually wasn't too bothered by it in Bumblebee. Bumblebee was good. Bumblebee was good. <laughs> Sam Witwicky was not the cartoonish, ridiculous character that he became. In the first in the first Transformers movie, he was tolerable, but um, I don't know. I you know what I, I get Michael Bay less involved, like as a start, hand him off for the action scenes, and for anything involving human inter- human or even robot interaction, get somebody who's I don't know hung out with human yeah. beings before, something like he's he's no he's not suited for dialogue. All right.
1: All right, and lastly, we've got a kind of reboot series situation where Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag are doing a Mr. and Mrs. Smith series adaptation for Amazon Prime.
0: Huh, the old Brad Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. Yeah,
1: that 2005 film, uh, which they fell in love, apparently, making. That's where they met. Um that movie still kind of holds up, so I don't know. Okay, both Donald Glover and Phoebe can act and they can both do comedy. So I think- oh, yeah, he can, do, he can do comedy. So I'm thinking it's going to be funny and smart. And they're both smart. Like Fleabag is very smart. Atlanta is very smart and funny. Like I think it'll be a very smart, funny comedy. I don't think it's gonna be a direct like Mister and Mrs. Smith sort of reboot where they're trying to redo what was done in two thousand five. I think they're gonna find a way to make an interesting sort of iteration of something that we already like. So Tommy, so. I don't. I'm always I'm on the wait and see at camp. Let's wait and see.
0: Well, it's a it's a I'm pretty cool. it's not too crazy a concept. So yeah, they're both super talented. Like let's see if they make some magic. Oh man, man. have we seen him in action though?
1: What a- um. Does solo
0: count? Not really. Wasn't he piloting most of the time? Yeah, but I don't think he, I don't think that's hard to do. No, I'm thinking of the uh, "This Is America" video. I'm like, the guy can move yeah. around. Yeah, right? he can right. move. But I don't, you yeah. know, I
1: haven't seen him do action action, but I think he can do. It. I don't. I don't have any trepidation about him. In action. I don't. I don't look at him like, you can't do action." He'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Well, as far as my news, it's pretty pretty basic one of them is our lego update corner okay <laughs> um legos yeah they're gonna do a sonic the hedgehog uh yeah. set based off of uh their ideas line where you know people um they'll create an idea and then they will submit it for votes from the lego mm-hmm. community um they actually have a full official um mario's series going on but they're kind of weird like the the figures are weird it's an it's a cool idea for building um basically mario-like levels with uh, mm. you know enemies and traps and all of that but this sonic the hedgehog one is a lot more simple looking and it's you know based off of green hill zone from the first game from 1991 it was 91 i'm uh the, i'm gonna check that
1: you know while you're checking that um I was on YouTube, you know, my sleep has been off, as you can imagine, and I went down a YouTube rabbit hole and funny, most of my, what I've been watching is because I've just been up in the middle of the night. Um, a YouTube rabbit hole of Sonic music,
0: it's it's really good. The Sonic music and the Street Fighter 2 music are such classic uh, soundtracks yeah. for video games. That, th- Oh man, like uh, a Casino Zone. Yeah. Um, there's so much good music. Um, it's really good for like background if you're doing something else. Yeah, if you're working on something or
1: writing something, it's perfect to play.
0: Yeah, um, it is 1991. I, yeah. I that was just felt like the right date to me. I didn't memorize it or anything.
1: My first job ever, I worked at a food bank in West Seattle, strictly to have money to buy a Sega Genesis. I mean, that seems like a strong move. Man, I was so motivated. I hated that job, but I was so motivated. I remember taking my little money, going to Target. I bought a Genesis, an extra controller, because it only came with one. It came with Sonic in the bundle, and then NBA Jams.
0: Man, even NBA Jams is a sport game even I could get into. <laughs> yeah, man. I was on fire. Yeah, I was so, I came home so pumped, and I felt like,
1: first time I had worked and bought something of my own and like it was mine my parents didn't buy it I didn't I wasn't a gift I bought this
0: that's funny because you're you're a bit older than than me and my experience was the same thing for the Nintendo 64 I remember when the 64 dropped except for the controllers were so expensive I don't even think I could afford a second controller for another couple of months um and then my similarly my uh my memories there include NFL Blitz, which was basically um, of fun NBA jam um, for football. Um we had Those so much fun characters, to... yeah. Like it was so ridiculous, and then running like trying to go for a sack. Oh god, every single play, every single play. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um so yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that set. I think I've I may have mentioned before, but uh, since I've been back in school and been very busy, I've I've pulled back on the amount of sets, um, but I'm fo- focusing on the big sets. So, and they're all related to this, um, to this podcast. In fact, the the out of like four sets that I've gotten over the last maybe twelve months or so, mm-hmm. um, three of them are Dnes, the so That's- they have a like almost I think it's a basically scale like it comes with a little TV that you. Yeah, build. my friend,
1: my friend EJ has that. Yeah. Um, He's the Legos, too. I need to connect you guys. He's super into Legos.
0: Absolutely. Another one of my friends started getting into Legos, too, um, From a guy from college I've known for a long time. It's a good, I think it's like a real good hobby for, first of all, like, just putting the pieces together and watching something, like, build is a, like, a cathartic, I don't know what you would call it, sort of feeling. It It, it makes you focus
1: in a yeah. way that, like, we normally aren't doing it in our day to day. It's screen time, it's alerts on your phone, it's scrolling. And this is like, all that is gone and you just have to focus on putting this thing together. Yeah. It's, it, there's something calming about that. People do it, like I know I have friends who paint, my phone girl, she paints a lot. And that's her moment. her phone's not really with her and
0: she's just painting. It, so what's, yeah. what's funny is Shalia tried to get me into Lego Masters, the show, and I bounced right off of it because it was so frenetic and yeah. competitive. And I was like, this is not the fun. opposite
1: <laughs> of what I, enjoy I do this playing. to get calm. I don't do this for like a competition.
0: Yeah. So I was going to say the other three sets though are Voltron, nice. which is eighties um, and the 1989 Batmobile. Yeah. And what just arrived is the 1989 Batwing, Ooh. which is kind of designed that you can, um, put it up on the wall right yeah. so i could have the batmobile along with the tumbler which i i got a long time ago like uh the scale tumbler the really yeah. big one um so i could have those two and then have the the bat wing on the wall behind it i'm really thinking about you know that awesome area that we have in the the bottom in the the basement quote unquote of the house um that's really our movie room and and fun room um when i graduate man <laughs> i'm gonna spend some time down there trying to get The ultimate fun area. Yeah. So that's just one piece of news. The second piece is that um, Babylon 5 has been remastered and is on HBO Max. So I hope I don't sound like an HBO Max uh, advertiser. because got the content. So much of the content that I've been up to recently has been based on that. But um, Babylon 5, for anybody who's not um, familiar, I'd start by saying Shalia and I finished Deep Space Nine a few months ago couple months ago a few months ago, um, which is the third of the Star Trek series and takes place around a uh, a space station that ends up being central to a major conflict within yeah. Star Trek um Babylon Five is interesting um did you watch that
1: not rel- not religiously no I've seen that but i didn't I didn't get into it
0: it was similar for me um but I remember watching it. It was very early in the, the CG era, era. So the sort of fighting, like the sort of space fighting they had in the complexity of the ships was pretty good, um, pre- like really innovative, but kind of held back a little bit by looking like video game. And not, I, I was saying video game is almost a bit, it was, it was beyond video game. Video games are beyond a lot of what we see in movies now. Yeah. Um, but that was not the case at the time. And it, it centers around a space station that is almost like what do you an <laughs> in international waters sort of. It it uh, it's uh, about five different factions that have had different conflicts with one another, but the this station is somewhere where they can have diplomatic relationships and and, and that sort of thing. And so it's really in the political sort of uh science fiction, I think like the expanse to a mm-hmm. degree. Um I'm looking forward to going back to it, with you know adult eyes and more. Yeah, like I said, like you, I didn't watch it religiously, but right. I, I recommend I it from what I from what I remember. I think it's probably very worth it. Yeah, I might try it. Yeah, yeah we'll talk. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um. Okay. What have
1: you been up to? Man, I watched a couple things. Uh, like I said, I've been you know my sleep has been way off. I watched Space Sweepers on Netflix, Korean film about, I think it's Korean, so don't kill me if I'm wrong. Korean film about this like space station that's above earth, like kind of like Elysium, it's like the space thing above earth where earth is dying and people live up there. And these street sweepers, they go around cleaning up debris in space so it doesn't like hit these people living up there. They find this little girl and they've heard all these things about her and they're figuring out what to do with this child that they found. It's really fun. The robot is super funny. Um, I love a good robot. Good robot humor. It's really good. Like I kind of my friend was like, he tweeted like, yo, this was really dope. And I was like, because I remember I seen I seeing it like, you know, when I it's it's something it's in my wheelhouse, right? So when I log into Netflix, it shows up like something you might like. I just never I didn't click on it. And he was like, this was really fun. So I was like, let me watch it. And it was really engaging and fun. Shalia would like it, she'd be into it. Uh, not too, not too like violent or- uh... Not too violent, not, it's, it's in her, she'd like it. I watched that and then I watched this movie, well, before I get to the other movie I watched. So I couldn't sleep at all one night and I started watching all
0: the Matrix movies. Cool. Animatrix included?
1: No, no Matrix, But Matrix 1, great. Thumbs up. Love that joint.
0: Man, 2 and
1: 3? Are a mess? They're kind of a mess, bro. It's kind of a struggle. And I didn't anticipate being that much of a struggle. Like, the second one opens up with they're meeting up about, and they're having this council meeting, and like Roy Jones Jr. is in I totally forgot he was in it. <laughs> and like, they're meeting up to talk about Zion and all this other stuff, and then the Mr. Smith show up and they fight Neo, and it's the keymaster and they're meeting. There's that whole scene where they meet that guy and his wife, and he's being really creepy. And it's just a lot of filler, bro. It's really the third one is just a mess with Trinity and Neo talks to the big bug thing, and I can help you defeat Mr. Smith, and he wants peace. Like it's so kind of ridiculous.
0: But the Matrix Reloaded. Playing right now on HBO Max, <laughs> available yeah. right now. You no, know, right now, yeah. So we have this issue with our Fire Stick that sometimes the audio, the, the voice audio, does not load in correctly. Yeah, we have to go and change the audio settings to get the, the to get the the yeah. the speech. Um, I feel like the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix uh, Revolutions might be great movies to watch with no dialogue. Because 100% bro. What it is is, um, it reminds me of uh, the Red Letter Media guys who i referenced before, but they did those internet famous uh, critiques of the prequel movies, right? Yeah. And what they point out is that it's kind of two movies going on because George Lucas is not good at dialogue, yeah. right? And so if you look, all of those dialogue scenes are almost like soap operas, right? Um, and then there's this clear division between the dialogue scenes and the action scenes and the action scenes are wild and all types of like dynamic movement movement of the camera and all of that and i think that there's um a related sort of situation with the matrix where with no not with the matrix with the matrix reloaded and the matrix revolutions Mm -hmm. where you've got the ideas part that they're trying to get across like their philosophy or whatever and then there's the action part and when I think of it, I think of the twin werewolf guys and I think of that amazing, yeah, in my opinion, the amazing battle. Yeah, the fight scenes there and the amazing battle in um, Zion with those mechs shooting down all of those squid which have no sort of military, the, 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 the machines have like never read a military strategy book or yeah. something. But it, I think it would be amazing. I just don't need to hear what anybody's saying. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, manual. Anyway, so I watched that. So the 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 last thing I watched is a movie called called Night Hunter. Oh. It's currently on Amazon Prime. Now I'm gonna read you this cast and you're gonna ask yourself, how come I've never seen this movie? The class include includes Henry Cavill. Shout-, Shout out to Jessica, who she loves her some Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, Ben Kingsley, Alexander D'Addario, Stanley Tucci, Brendan Fletcher. Mika Kelly, Nathan Fillion. They're all in this movie. That's a pretty strong cast. It's a strong cast. And they said Night Hunter? Night Hunter. And it's about uh, Henry Cavill plays like this detective, like a grizzled detective. And they don't really say, but I'm under the impression that he was investigating like sex crimes. And they're following, tracking guys who are doing this kidnapping. And Ben Kingsley is like this crazy vigilante guy. And they, this cop, these vigilantes cross paths uh, when they're hunting, when they come across this home that a bunch of women have been kidnapped and held in. And they're trying to figure out who's behind it um, and what's actually happening. But it's fun. It's a fun little, it's 90 minutes, it's right to it. It's a fun little procedural mystery, trying to figure out, you know, where's this misdirect and what are they gonna do? And it was fun. It was, I really enjoyed it. So it's, it's worth the watch if you like that kind of stuff, it's dealing with like abduction and, but there's no, no one, you don't see anyone get like sexual assaulted in the movie or anything like that. Like none mm-hmm. of so if that's a trigger for you, it's not in the film. You're not going to see it. Um, they, they do it. They do talk about it a little bit and they allude to some stuff that, that happened, but they don't, they don't show it.
0: Has Ben Kingsley won any lifetime achievement awards yet? <laughs>
1: Serve Ben Kingsley, he's great in it. He's good in it, man. I like him. I, like to, I Listen, I like, I like him. So I'm, I'm glad that you know he got to be in this role. It's just a different role for him. We're um, good. Good. So check it out if you can. It's on Amazon Prime currently.
0: So what I've been watching has been a lot of stuff on HBO Max. Um, I start off with um, Rick and Morty, the most recent season. Yeah. What is that, season four or five?
1: Four, I think four, five, five.
0: Yeah, some pretty great episodes in this, including um, an episode where they end up on a facehugger planet.
1: That's a pretty funny one, yeah.
0: That is a hilarious one. One that they are, end up on a story train. With, it's an extremely really meta nice. episode. <laughs>
1: That's one of my favorites, the story train.
0: And then uh, a vat of acid. It was a vat of acid episode. I don't know. that one. I've seen them all they have to hide from some gangsters in a fake vat of acid and then the it's the one where he also uh he gets a reset button um rick makes a reset button oh that's a great one yeah and everything loops back around that movie or not movie (laughs) that show is so well written and um i'm looking forward to the next season so I highly recommend, and any, anybody who's listening at this point probably knows whether they're a Rick and Morty person or not, because yeah. it's a distinct sort of uh, sense of humor. Um, so there's that. And then I was on the app, and I ended up watching this thing called, um, a documentary called David, Attenborough, David Attenborough's Ant Mountain. And this was a pretty fascinating uh, documentary for somebody like me, who um, one of the only like I did well in college, but one of the only classes that I foroed was entomology, and I wrote my, my term paper on ant colonies. And this uh, documentary is all about this ant colony in the Swiss Alps, right? The Jura Mountains, which are in the Swiss Alps, and it contains one of the largest animal societies in the world. And what's unique about it is that this is like square miles of an ant colony that Mm -hmm. instead of ant colonies, which are typically all siblings from one mother. So when one ant colony meets the territory of another one, they fight, they have, they explained how it, how it it's, it's kind of gruesome because they basically use their jaws to cut open the exoskeleton of another ant and then spray formic acid in there and dissolve them from the inside. Yeah. So they actually show this battle. But what's interesting about these colonies is that it is hundreds or thousands, did they say millions? Okay, it could be as many of millions of queens with billions of ants that are unrelated, <clears throat> like are primarily unrelated, but they're all cooperating in the same colony, which is extremely unusual because of the, the way that, um, ant society uh socialization tends to work so it's really is it like scientists are studying this because it's like is this the next step in in an evolutionary process for ants right um which is actually kind of terrifying i'm starting to think of the movie starship (laughs) Starship troopers (laughs) but uh because of physics uh on our planet ants can't get very large or else they would i think it was man how much was it? Over a billion ants in this one colony. So we are highly outnumbered both by amount of ants, and even if you weighed all of the ants in the world, they weigh more than all the humans in the world. So let's hope that they maybe don't cooperate too too much. But I highly recommend it. It's just like, I don't know, an hour and a half documentary. Okay. And then um, a couple of books. I finished the Joe Abercrombie uh the middle one. So mm-hmm this is the second of his new trilogy it's called the trouble with peace um i finished it i'm really looking forward to uh the third one he writes really well um mm-hmm. the characters tend to be funny but human this is a fantasy novel sort of situation with a lot of brutal fighting and backstabbing and, and that sort of thing um and he writes on a good schedule right so i can, <laughs> i've been thinking of the game of thrones books which i never expected to to get finished at this point. Yeah. So this has been a really good replacement for that. I'm also really looking forward to the, ne- the next and final Expanse book. Okay. But since it's Black History Month, I want to just discuss with you the book that I just finished, which is The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Yes, this is the first time that I've read it. And when I've said, I've brought it up with a lot of people in my life, they're like, oh yeah, I read that years back. So yeah. <laughs> nothing new for a lot of people but it is an incredible read. I have to admit having watched the movie several times, you know, since I was young, I felt like I knew the story, but then I forgot that. Oh yeah, no, this is even as a three hour movie, this is somebody's life. There are so many characters and who enter, they're not care. Well within a book, they're characters, but so many people in his life that had impacts on him. And I realized he's really good at, uh, I say, verbalizing his life philosophy and backing it up um, with his experiences. Um, But I did notice things like uh, composite characters in the movie, particularly uh, Baines, which is a character who, in the movie, gets him into the Nation of Islam. uh, You know, convinces him while he's in prison, educates him, and then later betrays him. And that is not somebody who existed apparently. Yeah. Um, that's a composite character and instead several of his siblings were actually involved in the nation of islam before he was and got him involved i think he was just such a powerful personality and charismatic speaker which is why he ended up rising to the top of that organization and one other major thing i would say is that it is so like well narrated well oh, first of all well narrated narrated as a with the voice actor being lawrence fishburne But like you really get into his life and the story as it's going along. And having seen the movie and knowing how this all turns out, I still was almost expecting him to narrate his own death. Like it it just is getting up to the point where I knew he was going to pass away. I was like, how close to his death was this written? And then he says specifically, the reason why I've sat down here um, and put all this effort into... Writing this book and giving my life story because I've never expected to die an old man. I yeah. expect to die by violence. like he's just like new. Um, it's just captivating story, and uh, I highly recommend to any person who has not watched it or, or had not read it and thought that the movie was giving them enough of his life story. it is only it's not that it only scratches the surface, but it's only the first slice of the pie. Yeah, it is. It's really compelling. I read it like seventh grade, I think,
1: um, and it's something that I it's always stuck with me. It's something also a book that I think a lot of people have read multiple times. I think as you get older, you you pick apart different parts of his story that resonate with you. You know, when you're younger, it's probably when he's younger and making that transition to being a man. But once you're older and more established, it's more about the things he talks about. Yeah. So, in his life at that age that you can relate to. So,
0: so, much, so much it, yeah. it fits into the world we're in right now.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. But if you never read it, you know, get the audio book, read it. It's, it's definitely not some boring book. It's very fast. No.
0: When I was young, I had a biography that my parents bought me. And I didn't, I don't know if I realized it was not the auto. Yeah. There's another
1: one too, that I read too. Uh, I forgot who did it. Cause I read that one too.
0: Well, all right. Do um, you want to move into the review section of today's podcast? We chose this uh, particular movie because we knew Shalia had zero interest in watching this movie. So, yeah. I brought you here to Barry Allen's cat. Daddy, is church all right? Paramount Pictures presents Stephen King's all-time
1: best-selling tale of horror. Pet Cemetery. We are talking about 1989's Pet Cemetery. Gosh, I don't even remember how old I was when I watched this. Anyway, it um, stars Dale Midkiff as Creed, Denise Crosby, Fred Gwynn, Brent Grinquist, Michael Lombard, Miko Hughes as the very cute and adorable cage, uh, Blaze Birdhall.
0: Was that sarcasm? <laughs>
1: And Su- he is cute, and Susan Bloomerat. Bloom- um, do you want to give a synopsis? Or do you want me to give a synopsis for this movie? I'm um, giving. Yeah, you go ahead. It's about this family, um, the Creeds. They he's a doctor, takes a job in a small town. His house is literally like, <laughs> on like the busiest street where 18 movies come speeding by like Fast and Furious. Um, he learns about this. Pet cemetery where you bury things there, they come back to life. Why well, his family's gone. Uh, the dog church gets hit by one of the trucks.
0: It's a cat.
1: Cat. Sorry. The cat church. gets hit him and his dummy neighbor.
0: <laughs> Besides. We'll talk like, about the neighbor. I think the neighbor was drunk. If you think of the neighbor as drunk the whole time, yeah, maybe it makes, it makes sense. more sense. Because,
1: To be fair, um, this guy's making dumb decisions. Lewis is making dumb decisions every every minute. So he's he's visited at one point early on in the film by someone who's died. Right. In a car
0: accident. Um who explicitly basically is the audience surrogate like, uh-uh, don't go there. <laughs> he, he, he shows up.
1: You see, in a dream, he he's he walking through and he says, Hey, don't go past this point. The soil is bad. All of this stuff. He wakes up in the bed, he's like, Oh, what a nightmare. Pulls back the covers, he's got hobbit feet, right? He's looking to walk in the Mordor. They're dirty, dusty. Clearly, you're outside, doesn't alarm him. His crazy neighbor, Judd, is like, Let's go do this. He's like, we can't go past there. Oh no, it's beyond there. So he's already breaking the rule. Goes beyond this barrier. Buries the cat. Cat shows up. Cat's not the same. Kind of a crazy cat. Throws a rat in his yeah. tub. <laughs> not okay. He's taking a bath. So you know, moving forward, he um, their son gets hit by a car, which is, the, it's not supposed to be funny. But he's running after his son. He's like the slowest dad in the world. And then he falls to his knees like a 90s R&B singer and he's like, ah, he screams to the sky. So anyway, so Cage is killed. And at this point he's mourning and he's like, he's a zombie the rest of the film, literally.
0: He's just like, thinks- Can you say literally when there are literal zombies? There's literal zombies in there. (laughs) he, He thinks it's a great idea to
1: bury little Gage out in the cemetery.
0: May I add that both times, even though Judd is the instigator of this, he yeah. tells a story of what happens when somebody brought a pet back and then tells the story of when somebody brought a person back. A person back. And it's the most gruesomest thing. He
1: burns up in the house. Yeah. Both of them ended up having Burned to be put down. Yeah. They're like, oh, this isn't OK. You're going to die. We got, sorry, we have to kill you. So he does it anyway. Sun comes up. This is, this is the creepy part son shows up, goes to Judd's house and Judd's kind of aware of what's happening at some point. He's upstairs and Church is helping
0: out. Church is a wingman. Church distracts
1: him and then
0: Gage cuts his Achilles. My, right now, I'm moving my ankles around because that's one of the now, worst this, things I've seen on film. Does, if you
1: Google Pet Cemetery Achilles, you'll see the scene. It's on YouTube. It's very gross. Um, kills him. But then Gage makes this very creepy phone call to his dad. No, that's not true. The mom comes. So the mom's also visited by this dead person. It's very much like if you've seen American World in London. Dead person is visiting and, is, and is it is' back home, telling her what she needs to do. So she leaves her family, comes back home. And instead of going home, she goes to, she goes to Judd's house. And she finds a very dead Judd and sees her son and is like, who's dead, who they buried and tries to embrace him. And he, you know, stabs her up. He, ma- he, he, he murks her. Pretty, 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 like he, not even, he doesn't even blink. He goes right for the kill. So then, then Gage calls his dad. I'm not sure how this kid knows how to use a phone. Calls, <laughs> and we've talked about this. Something else had to be helping this kid because none of this makes sense. We don't know if it's the spirit of the sister and the flashbacks. We don't know what it is. There needs to be some evil adult supervision. Yeah, because none of this makes sense. We, he makes the phone call and tells his dad, I played with Judd. I played with Mommy. Now I want to play with you. It's super creepy. Uh, dad gets some, He's a doctor. He's got something to knock him out. Knocks out church. Goes, like, has a fight with his little kid that I would have just Punted? Window. I would have kicked kicked him so hard. (laughs) I would have kicked his neck off. He he ends up fighting with this kid. One of my favorite scenes is when he like injects him with whatever it was and he says, that's not fair. He like, (laughs) drunk and like, stumbles into the corner. Yeah, but during this whole fiasco, the mom has somehow been hung in the attic. So how does this little kid get the mother up to the attic, noose around her neck, and get her to drop out of the attic?
0: You know, there's a there's a fun little goof um, there that I think it's I was watching on Amazon Prime. So if you pause it, sometimes it gives you some extra information. Apparently, when she drops from the ceiling, you can see that the ropes are under her arms. Yeah. So it's, it's, she's. I mean, not that we wanted her to hang from her neck, but no, no, no. no. <laughs> but the effect could have been. Maybe yeah. a little better than that. So that's kind of a mess. Um,
1: but he ends up making another dumb decision at the end, which is burying his wife. After all of this has happened, he, he's he's over 2
0: with burying people in the press cemetery. But Tim, the third time's the charm.
1: Yeah, this is God... Or, be, or, or three strikes. <laughs> maybe a different hole. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it ends up, you know, it ends with his wife coming back and
0: what, what happens to her? He clearly goes for the murder. I don't know what happens to her. I mean, uh, there's no other major characters to bury. I guess they burn Maybe him. the daughter? Oh, yeah, yeah the, no, but they're all. she's back with the family what, San Francisco, where they went? Yeah, no, they lure her back. Yeah. Clearly, as, as zombies, they can make a phone call. This yeah. whole thing. Please uh, come home. <laughs> is a mess. I'd like to start with several uh, top level observations. First, I'd like to propose that this is a movie that could have been completely circumvented with one city council meeting in which they say, you know what? It doesn't make sense for these uh, trucks to be speeding at 60, 70 miles per hour on a residential street. Speed bumps. Speed bumps, 30, 35 miles per hour. Yeah, Um, that, uh, I mean, then we wouldn't have a movie to watch, but. Or
1: or a fence, like, hey, (laughs) the toddler. I'm going to build a fence so that my toddler does not wander out into this very dangerous road, especially after our cat gets murdered.
0: Yeah. Hit by, hit by a truck. Hit by a truck. Um, yeah. Second top level analysis. Nobody gets par- buried in a pet cemetery. No. In fact, the pet cemetery is like the atrium or the entry room, mm-hmm. like you, the, the opening hallway where you drop your jacket Oh, not drop, but hang your jacket, drop your right. shoes. And then you crawl across what looks almost to be like a beaver dam with no It's like water. a man-made dam, yeah. Yeah, like somebody was it's like, here. you shouldn't go there. Yeah, it's clearly like an obstacle that's put there for a reason. So I was not fully aware, but this is, I think, where the old Indian burial ground trope yeah. maybe was either created or popularized. No, that, that was part of like, Poltergeist had that in it too. Okay. So, but this is one of the main popularizing, I think, movies for it. It's it's
1: definitely a trope in a lot of horror films.
0: So the, where they're actually being buried is in a, I looked it up. It's a tribe called the Mi'kmaqs and they have this big, just burial circle. It's not a mound necessarily. It's, but even they abandoned it supposedly because they knew better. (laughs) um but yeah it's it's it reminds me of a crop circle almost with, with no crops um and it's just creepy and the the issue here is i feel like i don't know if you've ever been drunk but <laughs> when you're drunk you make like things that seem like they're a good idea or you know are not a good idea if you were sober seem like a good idea and this is the main uh this is the explanation I have for Judd's uh reckless behavior because Judd brought back his own pet when he was a child, yeah and it was a bad it was a bad story mm-hmm. and then when he was young, there was a soldier around world war one whose whose parents or mother was so distraught that she brought her son back and he came back as a full-on full like, there's no on zombie no other term for it.n't does
1: he bite somebody's neck? because gaze <laughs> bites Judd's neck
0: oh he does it is okay name. that is that competes with the uh the slicing of the achilles tendon but still isn't because that little kid's teeth are so blunt they yeah. have to be so blunt I oh, know. um so yet he he says let's go and do this and the night it seems like the night before perhaps or just yeah. a couple of nights before um the character what is his name um pascal victor pascal something like that yeah um, who had died, comes back and says, hey, you know yeah. where you shouldn't go? You shouldn't go over there. Like, I'm going to walk yeah. you out in the middle of the night and point to a place you should not go. Yeah. And
1: um, he's one of those harbingers that they talk about in horror films. He's the guy to tell you, don't do that.
0: It's kind of like, it's kind of like almost like an old Greek play, or like back when things were even more blunt, where you had a character sent by the gods or somebody to say, you shouldn't do this. This is, yeah. and yet the hubris of man means, you know, maybe yeah. it'll be different for me or I'm special or, or this is so important. So I once wrote about how to survive a horror film.
1: and that was, <laughs> that was one of my rules was like, like, don't be a jock. You know, like if they're telling you, someone, some random stranger telling you about this very grisly tale and what you need to avoid, avoid everything on that list. No matter what it is, you it's, could add to that rule or leave. Be like, you know, what? we can go camp somewhere else. Bro, I don't need to be here. You can
0: add to that rule. The first camp, part, camp
1: Crystal Lake. I, I imagine there's other camps. Let's right. go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the first place that you think you should go, you should scratch that off your list yeah. and go to the second yeah. option. Yeah, th- th- there's a great house on Elm Street. I'm okay. We can. You know, find- what about Oak Street?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's something a little closer to my son's school. I'll do that. <laughs> like, hey, do you want to live in Springfield? But every Halloween, there's some grizzly murders. Some guy shows up. No. I can live 20 minutes away from Springfield. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to live in this place. I don't need to be friends with Sidney Prescott. All of her friends die in these movies. <laughs> you know, my BFF, No, Sidney, because all of your other friends were brutally murdered. So no, we don't need to be friends. Don't Facebook friend me. I don't want to be Facebook friends. I don't wanna be I don't wanna be LinkedIn friends. Don't contact me.
0: That's an excellent point. If if misfortune and disaster follow somebody around, stay out of that path. Yeah. We don't have to be around it. But back to Judd. Yeah. Judd Judd is an enabler. He's both an instigator and an enabler he for is. this whole movie. I mean, he, he ends up uh, Lewis is his name, but I think we we it's easier to say Creed, Creed being the Creed. main character. Creed. Um he digs up his own son and is like manic, like like proud of himself about it. <laughs> like, where cop- are the people in the town to be like,
1: hey man, why are you I saw the and- cemetery digging up your son? I know you're grieving, but this
0: ain't it. Question the, the cops fight, stop the by fight at the funeral. <laughs> the, well, <laughs> god. okay, let's get to that one. Let's get to that one in a sec. The cops drive by. Shine the light. This is almost like a, a trope. He hides yeah. away, right? Is it? I guess maybe it's normal to have a partially dug grave. Yeah, but I, it just seems real skeptical, that like, or uh, suspect. Yeah, the cop should have got out the car and gone to see what was going on. Yeah, why is there a half dug grave in the middle of the night? But then that's yeah, the fist fight. We can bring up the fist fight. There is a fist fight at a funeral in this movie. The grandfather has some problem with. I mean, clearly Creed is not like – he seemed like a normal guy at the beginning. I don't know what major character flaws he would have for the the father to hate him so much.
1: All kind of beef. He hates him. Like, hard. He blamed him. You don't blame him. You can keep, again, something to keep in the group chat. You don't blame him publicly at the funeral for his son's death.
0: No, you wait for the next Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. And say, when you're drunk, and you say, you know what I blame you for? You wait till he, he challenges you, like I can't believe you
0: voted for so and so. That's why you got your son killed. That's, <laughs> that's when that comes out during the, one of them arguments. You hold that like a, what do you call it, a trump card in the back yeah. in the back pocket? It's like boom.
1: That's why you got your son murdered. And that's <laughs> what you don't you don't do it at the funeral, you don't
0: throw hands. Like I want to mention the wife, uh Denise Crosby actually plays um uh, Tasha Yar, Lieutenant Tasha Yar in the next generation. Yeah. I haven't seen her in a whole lot of other things, but it was fun to see her in this movie. She makes, a, I feel like, a lot of questionable decisions in this movie. But also, we didn't really, we should talk just a bit about her backstory, in which yeah. she has a sister named Zelda who had spinal meningitis and was kind of disfigured and stuck in the bedroom. And her whole family, this is when she was a child, her whole family yeah. wanted her, was like, uh, kind of hoping Zelda will die some point. And they let her, she,
1: when they left, she would take care of her.
0: She they left this who looked like she was maybe eleven. I don't. know, Did they say how old she was? Mm-mm. To to take care of indeed, like a, somebody with significant medical needs, and then Zelda is kind of haunting her. She hasn't been haunting her this entire time. No,
1: but my okay. So my question is, did she look that disfigured, or is that her reimagining her sister sick in the worst possible way?
0: I think that that is a legit interpretation she looked, of it
1: i don't know if i could stick my kid in like a middle of a horror movie every day to like feed her sister like it's terrifying
0: yeah well and i was looking at her and i was like is that a man because this is a highly made up character like make made up character mm-hmm. um uh, makeup job whatever you want to say um and i was like is that a man what? and it is it's, uh, zelda is played by andrew who Hubats- bought yeah. And I, I, it kind of made me think back to one of the movies we've done before, which was um, The Evil Dead Two. Yeah, where um, Sam Raimi's brother. What is Sam Raimi's brother's first name? I forgot that? his name, but yeah, he was doing that stuff in there. Yeah, he he, you know, is playing a female ghost in, or deadite in that movie. A and deadite. Yeah. <laughs> it looks very similar. It is very very creepy. Um, the pale skin that that loose lank hair like it would be terrifying for a kid particularly if if she really did look like that but i i really i buy in on your theory that that it's been amplified in her mind right. the in terror, her the terror in her brain
1: a couple yeah. things really quickly yeah um this movie should be about bad parenting in general right whether it's her parents make her watch her sister or the way they just neglected doing anything safety around their home to protect the pets and the kids and all of that. And just the idiocy of like, no matter what he faced, he kept doing the absolute wrong thing. But it's a movie about like letting go of the past. That's always my takeaway from watching this film. Like in this movie, something bad has happened. And you wanna hang on to these memories and hang on to these things. But there's an importance in letting go of these things to continue to live a life, right? He still had another daughter to care for, he still had a family and a wife he needed to be present for. But when you try to dig up something in the past, whatever that past is, even in its most innocent form, in the form of this little cute kid, it can kill you. It can be very dangerous. Even in the form of the pet, it can be very dangerous trying to relive something that's already dead and gone and letting go of those things and learning to move on. He never fully moved on, which is why he got his whole family murdered.
0: <laughs> Except for the daughter. Yeah. But I will say, yeah, this movie is not subtle with with that sort of messaging at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely That's what uh, I I'd say your read is pretty strong on what this movie is quote-unquote saying. Yeah. Um, me, do you really want to talk about your favorite things in this movie? Really quick, we did have a reboot. A remake. We did. 2019.
1: 2019. Where you've got Lewis played by Jason Clark, one of my favorites. Um, Amy Simic plays
0: Rachel, his wife. Judd played by John Lithgow. Good Judd. <laughs> he would be like, he seems like the right sort of actor. for. I might watch this. Yeah,
1: Jet Lawrence plays Ellie and Hugo. Lavoie plays Gage. But here's the thing. It's a little different. They change it up a little bit okay same stupidity from the family let's not that's very much present but they've changed up what happens um so i think you'll appreciate the change
0: yeah i sat through the everything wrong with for both versions and it was Unless a you know what time yeah i mean i know it. yeah yeah actually yeah the change is significant, significant and also kind change. of a fun a funny decision to make i might yeah. watch it anyways um, and just mention it on the on our show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do, do you want to talk about your favorite things in this movie? My favorite thing is probably Gage, evil yeah.
1: Gage. You mean the you Chucky mean, doll? Yeah, because he's 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 only evil for like a very short time in the movie. Like all this murdering happens into the third act, but he's so villainous. That phone call is super creepy. Because he sounds like a kid. I want to play with you, daddy. But he, he's talking about murdering his dad. He murdered his mom. He murdered his neighbor. He's a murderer. This little child is a killer. And what is it like to to direct a kid to, to get that performance out of him? And one more take. Okay, now this time I want you just thrust a knife into his side. Yeah. <laughs> how do you? And how are you as parents? Like, it's okay. Just, so he looks so cute. But like, he makes that little face. That malicious face of his? Yeah, maybe he's one of those kids that was like older but looked younger, so he could do all that stuff. Because I don't know how old he was when they made the movie.
0: Um, he- this guy is younger than we are. He was three. There's no way he was three doing that. Okay, he the guy he's who plays Miko Hughes was born in uh, nineteen eighty six. This movie came out in nineteen eighty nine. Oh God, he was a kid. And the face that he, I'm just looking at that famous he got evil face. Yeah, he had, oh, it's a scalpel. It's not even a knife. Yeah, it's a scalpel. scalpel. That makes it worse.
1: Yeah. Man, yeah, he, he. that's my favorite part. He's such a great character. Uh, Bravo has, if you ever have a chance to watch it, I think it might be on YouTube, but Bravo has 100 scariest movie moments. If you're a horror fan, I recommend watching it. There's great stuff on there, like the audition, and like, it's fantastic. I saw the Devils on there. They got a lot of cool stuff, but this scene ranks very high on scariest movie moments because it's so, the first time you watch it, it catches you off guard and then they zoom in on it and you watch it and it's, it's a lot. This would have messed me up as a kid. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What about uh, you, what was your favorite part?
0: I have a few, like, uh, first of all, just the um, Stephen King, this is based off a Stephen King novel.
1: Mm-hmm
0: has a very short it's cameo he was in it. Yeah.
1: as the he was in it.
0: as the uh the the priest who's giving the i guess the the, a, the lady who killed herself oh that wasn't at gage's funeral no
1: because there's no one there it's just like a couple people
0: we, well i just remember pausing it with his, he has his arms in the air like he yeah. is really like, awesome. like, chewing the
1: scenery enjoying it he is like oh i got i get a chance to shine this is my moment
0: um, my second thing I would mention is Judd as a character because he comes across as the wise, kind of the wise old man. like trope. Wise oh. old fool. Yes. He's just, this was all kicked off by his stupidity. He was like, this is a real bad thing to do. But hey, do you want uh, to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> go and raise the dead? Do you want to go and raise the dead? What are you doing work. tonight? <laughs> you have
1: to like about burying something dead in the scene seeing how it comes back. Listen, now I know historically everything's come back as super evil.
0: Let's just try it. Let's see. Yeah, maybe it's calmed down over the past 50 years. Maybe, it, yeah. So yeah. Speaking it, of, speaking of um, this is a quick diversion. Speaking of dumb.
1: <laughs> someone just sent me this. Uh, we're all aware of Meek Mill. The, Wait, what is he up to now? On saw my little baby. He says, I'm quoting this. And if I ever lack, I'm going out with my chopper, it'd be another Kobe. Why would you do that? That. Why would you make a Kobe Bryant death joke? After you've seen how beloved Kobe was by everyone. You could have said anything, my guy. This is what you chose to do? This is the kind of tomfoolery you decide to put on an album, on a record with Little Baby, one of the biggest artists right now. This is what you're doing? You're going to get, people are going to hate your face and you deserve every ounce of it that's coming his way. It just, he he, apparently just, the snippet just released and they're going to kill him. And
0: that needs to be pulled.
1: I'm sure elite I'm sure he, that may not be his intention but you don't you don't
0: go, you don't do that bro. I hate this. I mean it's it's a clever wordplay. It's just it's too soon. It's
1: what there's never a good time for that joke.
0: I mean, there's it's been a lot of got- there's been similar I feel like verses or lines about uh, like Tupac or Biggie like somebody who's a legend this bite. But this is a punchline. That's the problem. It's a punchline, not...
1: Not like, yeah, and he, he, you're talking about someone who died tragically, tragic, tragically with his daughter and her basketball teammates.
0: That is my main point that I've noticed is when I see commentary is his daughter died. Yeah. Uh, a helicopter pilot died. Multiple yeah. other people died. This is not a Kobe <laughs> Bryant event, yeah. right? He was a prominent person there. Yeah, but th- like this is tragedy for multiple families okay yeah, that's yeah.
1: anyway I don't know what Mie was thinking uh, he gonna catch hell but shouldn't have done it bro what you doing what are you doing Mico uh, who in the studio would have been like hey stop hey you know what can we bring that back
0: let's, let's not do the Kobe line
1: bro like you know you need 20 minutes to come up with something else that's fine we're not gonna do that
0: wow Kobe doesn't even rhyme in there
1: it was funny. I was listening to a podcast. I forgot a podcast I was listening to and they were talking about someone wanted to go to a party and like Tory Lanez was there. And they were like, hey, we're going to go. And he was just like, yeah, no. He don't want to say what's up. He don't want to hug me and dab me. I'm not. He, he's nuclear right now. I'm not doing that. Did he get exported back to Canada yet? Nah, he's still here. He's still waiting trial. This next month. But like smart enough to know like I like him. But right now? I can't be seeing what you on boss up or the shade room, dapping it up in the club, and toasting, not doing it. Yeah. Like you said, he's nuclear. He's him. toxic. He's yeah. radioactive. Yeah. To the And, and you know, egging, egging her on spreading misinformation about Meg doing a whole album about it. Like he's not even laying low with it. He's being real
0: ignorant about it. Like, he's he's pulling the uh the oj simpson if i did it yeah now, if i'd have done it I mean, it's just, it's a terrible defense it's you know reminds
1: me of like when you have an animal trapped in the corner and they're just reacting he's at that phase
0: well anyway, to to conclude well no it's all good right so to conclude my actual favorite thing is uh victor pascal which is the character who dies at, towards the beginning he was a college student Mm -hmm. comes back as the audience surrogate or whatever the plot device (laughs) the guy who keeps things moving along tells the uh the characters all the important information for them to ignore um and that actor i like the way he plays the character kind of knowing kind of like you know i'm gonna tell you this but you motherfuckers are not gonna listen i this is my purpose but the plot of this movie is just gonna keep going forward so he always has a half grin i feel like yeah, the, and then um, when when the uh, the truck driver drops the wife off, he says, "I can't go any further with you," yeah. and then shows up again. <laughs> so I was I'm like, not, "What do you mean you can't go any yeah. further? I thought you left question. town, homie." <laughs> I have to mail something. I have to go to the UPS store. That's all Damn. I meant. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, just as a blatant uh, plot device. Yeah, who nobody's listening to but who seems to be enjoying himself He's trying!
1: He's like, listen, man, I i don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying to warn y'all this ain't it, and you guys keep doing the worst possible thing ever Worst possible. Worst possible decision. Bad decisions all around. This movie could be called Bad Decisions It's, it's
0: a movie full of bad decisions from multiple people. Or it could be called We Need a New uh, Speed Limit Yeah. <laughs> what about a fence? You're a doctor You <laughs> Build a fence, bro or an overpass? Oh, no, maybe that's pretty expensive. Like a yeah. bridge. Okay.
1: Just a, just a fence around your property.
0: So, I think we're at the point where we will rate this movie, and mm-hmm. our rating system, of course, is pretty binary. Yeah. Are you? Is this a classic, or are we past it?
1: It's a classic for me. Just the scenes, Gage, Stephen King, horror. It's something, if, if I'm introducing someone to horror, it's something I'd show them. Not the great.
0: It's For me, with the caveat that calling this pet cemetery actually doesn't make sense, because basically nothing takes place in the pet in the cemetery. cemetery.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I had to say I had so much fun watching this movie. I was texting you all through this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pausing, sending like, you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a good movie, but it's no. A- movie that i would recommend to, pe- to people um yes. with popcorn and a box of wine <laughs> i don't
1: know yeah, if, you a, if you're doing like a horror you know marathon movie night on halloween and you got people over it's something fun you can put on it's because there's so much you can commentate while watching it because it's like why are you doing that what do you do stop this is and then it, then it gets super creepy at the end and then it's done
0: Try not to, I mean, unless you're trying to scare yourself, try not to watch it by yourself because it's more fun to share the experience.
1: 100%. I agree. Do we know what we're doing next week?
0: We don't. What I think will you, well, (laughs) this will make it. So Tim and I will discuss this offline because uh, Shalia will not be available for uh, next week either. So we need to pick just the right movie, something she does not want to see. But there's some interesting stuff coming out, I think. Coming up, one thing we definitely want to do is um, Raw oh, De- the, the new the new uh, Coming to America. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really good one. And we, I'm sure we have some people who might want to join us for that episode. Yeah, this next month, we'll do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I watched Raw Deal the other day on HBO Max. So crazy 80s Schwarzenegger action film. It's 100% 80s. Like all the shootouts are hilarious. Bro. But the way they shoot them in the 80s is really funny.
0: I mean, we could do that
1: one. A, you can, it's your choice. You can pick whatever you want. Because um, I think Chile would watch Raw Deal because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, we can find something. Else. But at some point, it's on HBO Max, so you know we could do it at some point coming up.
0: Well, we will have deliberations <laughs> offline and we will yeah, and if, notify everybody.
1: I'm thinking about my birthday movie. Last year, we did The Drone. and watched something even more ridiculous this year. We might do Wolf Cop or something. Ooh. I'm keeping it ridiculous for my birthday. Something absolutely insane. That's a riot to watch.
0: Might I? Might I suggest Rubber? I've been meaning to watch that movie. <laughs> 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 is that better than? Is that better than? Than Drone? Rubber?
1: No. Drone is a classic.
0: Oh, okay.
1: He puts his bot because the drone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I watched, oh, uh, it. So I watched so, it. We don't have to re-litigate you, this movie. If you've movie. never seen the
1: drone, if you listen to my voice, you've never seen the drone. The scene when his brother recognizes him as the drone,
0: <laughs> all he has is an eye. Oh, Good. He listened at me. He was like, How did
1: you? All right. The fact that he can look at a drone and recognize his brother is the funniest thing ever. Is there a sequel? I hope so. I don't think so, but I hope so.
0: Well, okay. Well, we'll be deliberating and we will get back to you, friends, next time when we'll be back. We'll be back. That's right.